This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Talk money to me. Hello and welcome to Talk Money to Me, your need to know financial podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Candace Burke. And I'm Felicity Thomas. And we're two financial advisors at Shaw and Partners who've worked together for the last five years. Now, we often get told by our clients that we have a knack for making the complex simple when it comes to financial strategies. How do we do that, you ask? Well, we like to educate our clients on all things finance, from the markets to actually structuring their investments, to explaining why super is so important, to talking through a lot of the what-if moments that you have in life. For example, what happens if I can no longer work due to an injury or illness? I mean, what kind of cover do you have? Uh, what happens if something happened to you and you've got a family? You know, a little bit morbid, but things that we do like to bring up with our clients, as well as something a little bit more exciting, early retirement options, or perhaps setting up investments for the next generation. So if that last point really pricked your ears, well, this is the episode for you as we're going to be talking about today, options like, you know, how can I retire early and what does that look like? And is that even possible in today, right? And then a follow-up question we always get asked is, well, if that's the case, you want to retire young, how much do you possibly need in retirement? So we're going to address a couple of those aspects And we'll be talking about, so obviously early retirement and also another investment strategy, which people consider for the next generation. So setting up, you know, your grandchildren's or children's financial future. We're going to be talking about a certain strategy, which is an investment bond. Don't worry if you haven't heard about it. And for those that you have heard about it, it's going to be a bit of a refresher. We're going to go through all the ins and outs and the nitty gritty. And then, because we love talking about stocks and the markets and just generally what's going on in the world, we're going to wrap up with the Australian reporting season, a little bit of a sneak peek preview of what we can expect over the next couple of weeks. Plus, you've been really busy with your questions as well. So we've actually had a lot more questions come through on our Instagram, and we're going to address these in this episode. But before we do all of that, just a quick side note, here comes our very exciting disclaimer. Candice, take it away. I don't know if it's exciting, but here we go. Our chat today is not personal advice. Even though we're registered financial advisors at Shore and Partners, please note that this podcast and the content discussed does not constitute, as always, as financial advice, nor is it a financial product. That's it. So jumping straight into it, I'm actually going to explain what an investment bond is or an insurance bond, because a lot of people think bond. I mean, I'm not sure I want to be in a bond, but it's not a bond at all. So an investment bond is a managed investment. It's usually operated by a financial institution, so a different product provider, where your money is pulled alongside other investors, and it's actually invested inside the investment option of your choice through your own individual investment bond. Now, this can be in your own name, in a company name, in your kid's name, in a trust. So it's kind of similar to investing in an ETF. 
basket alongside other investors or a managed fund in that sense. Correct. But you get a lot of additional benefits. So like I said previously, they're also known as an insurance bond, but it's not really insurance at all. It actually combines many features of a managed fund and a life insurance policy. So where the investment bond provider actually only pays 30% tax on earnings in the bond for a certain period of time. So you can also set a certain vetting date. Now, the minimum that people recommend for investment bonds is 10 years time, because that's when you actually get all of the benefits of investment bond. You can actually break it a little bit earlier, but the tax benefits are if you hold it for more than 10 years. Now, we'll explain the tax benefits with a real life example in a moment. And so as you can tell, we're really passionate about investment bonds and P.S. This is not a plug, by the way. We just want to educate you guys on this particular strategy because we like to talk about it with our clients, friends, and even personally, as it does provide an alternative set and forget investment option when you have a long time horizon, in our opinion, like that 10 plus years, for example. So that's because investment bonds, they do offer a wide range of different investment needs across all different life stages. So not just talking retirement, but you can use this for wealth accumulation, tax planning, retirement savings, and setting up for the next generation Uh, like your child, for example. Even estate planning. So I think they're especially useful when you are working and a high income earner and you're really looking to save for, like Candice said, early retirement or savings for children or grandchildren Uh, because we all know kids only have a tax-free threshold of $416 in Australia as well as education costs because we know how expensive schooling is. Yep, uni fees, etc. That's it. Helping with a house deposit, whatever whatever the goal is, you, you can really tailor them to what you're seeking to achieve. So, you know, just jump on Google. There's a lot of different providers out there that do do investment bonds, but the more predominant ones that we're familiar with is Australian Unity, Generation Life or Gen Life for short. The banks, they provide them. Some ETF providers also, such as Vanguard, they have very similar products and insurance companies like AIA Australia here. So dialing back here, coming back to the question, can I retire at a young age and how much would I ideally need, right? So let's consider a retirement bond. I mean, you know, the super legislation currently states that we can't actually access our super until we are 60. I mean, by the time we retire, it could be 70 or 80. Who knows? (laughs) So if you're looking for an alternative to super, an investment bond could be a solution. You kind of need to work backwards, figure out how much you need personally in retirement. But we'll give you a couple of examples. There's actually no age limits when you can access the funds. It's just that 10-year rule. However, there's certain product rules pending on your provider, which we've just kind of mentioned. Yeah. So say you're 40 years of age right now, for example, and in at least 10 years time, you're thinking, okay, at age 50, I want to retire early and leave the workforce. In this example, let's assume the investor has 50K saved in their bank account and wants to invest this amount in their personal name. So why would you consider an investment bond for the goal of accessing it as an income stream in 10 years time versus say leaving the cash in the bank or investing it in ETF or a share portfolio, right? Correct. Well, firstly, cash as an asset class since the 1970s has returned an average of 7.7%. I mean, that sounds pretty good at the moment, (laughs) but obviously we're not getting that. So even worse, over the last 10 years, given we've experienced really historically low interest rates, cash has only performed 2.6% per annum. 
Bah, bah, bah. That's not very <laughs> impressive. But good if you're getting a home loan, right? Yeah. So, it, therefore, if you're 50K in 10 years, on average, it's likely going to grow, you know, to 64000 and the interest you've earned along the way, you're going to be paying tax on. That's if you were in cash in the bank, right, that example. Yeah, exactly. So, that's not ideal. Versus, let's say you put the 50000 into a growth managed fund or a growth diversified ETF where you've got a combination of international shares and Aussie shares. Well, since the 1970s, the Australian market has produced on average 9.6% per annum and the international share market has performed a little bit more at 9.8% per annum. Again, any capital gains you may have triggered or income collected along the way, because in this example, we're investing in your personal name, you are paying tax on. It's not a special tax. We always get caught up in that. It's actually just rather the profits that you've trimmed or the income you've collected is simply added to your personal taxable income threshold each financial year over that 10-year period. And the reason you would choose an investment bond rather than investing in your own name as a solution is say you're earning 80 grand a year your marginal tax rate is 34.5%. Within the investment bond, you're only getting taxed 30% which is the company tax rate for the first 10 years. After 10 years, it is tax paid, which means there is no capital gains tax. That's why it's a great solution for a longer term investment. We're going to give you another option, right? So let's look at this example. You've got $20,000. You're 25 years old. You want to retire in 25 years. So say 50, which is earlier than the standard 60. You invest in a growth portfolio. You assume 7% per annum after fees and tax returns. So historically, we're kind of just looking at a cash return here. You don't actually put any additional contributions. It's just set and forget. You earn 80000 per annum, so your marginal tax rate is 34.5%. The indicative portfolio tax rate is 20.7% because remember, there are franking credits being received along the way within that investment bond. And within the first 10 years, tax is paid. You actually could end up with $79,564, very specific, in 25 years' time, which is all going to be tax-free and tax-paid. Now, that's assuming an only a 7% per annum return, not the combination of what Candace just mentioned. And also no contributions, right? You just said 20 grand, set and forget, see you later in 10 years. And I think it's also important to just totally reiterate that point about the 30% tax ruling. It's because if you're using Generation Life, for example, you put your funds into the bond, they are an Australian entity. Therefore, they are subject to 30% tax. They pay the tax on your behalf. And then like Felicity mentioned, any franking credits is flushed down to you as the end shareholder or investor. So it is a really cool option if you haven't heard about it to jump on Google, read up about it. Check a few of their product services statements to read more about the nitty gritties. And we asked the question, you know, how much, what's the magic number in retirement? Well, it really depends on your own lifestyle, on your own personal circumstances. But if you jump on to the ATO or Money Smart, there's lots of really good tools and tax calculators and retirement budget planning tools out there. But typically, if you're an Australian listener, they say anywhere from a million dollars is really the ideal optimal superannuation or retirement savings funds. You may have more than that. You may have less than that. And I think you need to think about what you actually need to live on, right? Because according to the government, they actually say that a couple 
only needs about 46000 after tax to live on. I mean, I know. Income per year. Yeah. And I mean, that's no no debt, but I think I need a little bit more than that. So, you need yeah. to figure out Got exactly- Got holidays. Well, that's it. You need to figure out exactly what you need every year, whether that's 80000 after tax, 100000 150000 or 50000 You can kind of work backwards from there. Um, but I think, Candice, you wanted to give us a little bit of an example um, of why you've recently actually used an investment bond and how it's kind of- Worked for you. Yeah. So I'm not obviously, I would love to retire early, but I didn't set it up for that reason. I set it up for my baby girl who we've just welcomed to the world. So one of my little jobs that I had as a to do list after her birth was let me set up an investment child bond for her. So I'll just quickly explain what that is. Um, and then, you know, reasons why I did it. So, yeah, because people are always, always asking, how do I invest for my kids? Yeah. How do I ensure it's safe? Because important yeah. to note, it's also safe from creditors as well, especially Candice running your own business. So I just thought I'd add that in. Yeah, no, very good point. And, you know, I can, I can put more money into my own portfolio, but that's my portfolio. I wanted something for her um, that she can decide to use um, when the vetting age is up for whatever purpose. Like it's pretty open. So a child bond similar to an early retirement bond is typically referred to as an investment bond and it's designed for anyone, you know, like parents, grandparents, family members, friends that really want to establish a tax effective investment vehicle for their child's financial future and their possible goals, which they haven't realized. I mean, her goal at the morning is to wake up, drink milk, go back to sleep. (laughs) She doesn't have (laughs) financial goals per se at the moment. So I decided to put my money where my mouth is and I put $10,000 into a diversified Vanguard high growth child bond. But you don't actually need to start with $10,000. The minimum, well, it depends on what product provider, but it's usually around $1,000 would be the minimum. Correct. So I was very generous to her because most of my pregnancy was in lockdown. So we were able to save and so I did my research on it and I picked that particular investment option because A, she's got a long time horizon, she's less than one, and um, I picked the vetting age of 25 years. So I thought, well, let's just achieve for high growth here. And that particular investment vehicle, which is operated by Vanguard, has returned 11% per annum since inception. And that's really exposed to mainly global shares. Aussie shares, and then the rest in fixed interest and cash. So super high growth. Okay. So you decided to set her vetting age at 25, but a lot of parents can choose, you know, 18, 21. I think 25 is quite reasonable because anything earlier might blow it on new shoes or a new car or a boyfriend. We had in mind age 25 is a good year for her because maybe she'll be thinking about buying a property at that stage you know, setting up a business, whatever it is, it's available for her. And I think you should probably end up, if you're not actually going to put anything else in there, you might end up with around $40,000, I think, from your initial 10, which is not too bad. Yeah. So if we did nothing, it'd be, I think it was like 40 to 45, but we have been clever here and we've set up a direct debit of a thousand bucks contribution a year. And then also, which is important to note, you can just do a monthly, quarterly, six monthly, yearly, whatever works for you for your budget. 
you can basically contribute to your child's future or if it's your grandchild's future. And I think also you don't actually just have to have the full 10000 in one option, like the Vanguard growth option. You can actually spread it between a couple of different options. Again, each product provider has their own list of investment managers that they use, but you aren't forced to stay in one and you can change it as well whenever you do want to. But obviously just keep in mind the switching costs to do so. Yeah, and like if you're really thinking ahead, you could have, right, let's break out that $10,000 into multiple different bonds, right? A little bit of money in the house deposit bond. Maybe you want that to be probably a little bit more safer. So you could pick more like a fixed interest or, you know, a diversified balance fund, for example. And then you could have savings for education fees and savings for, you know, future holidays, whatever it is, you don't have to be locked in to the one bond that I've decided to do for little Haley. So it is super flexible. And so you're only going to put $1,000 in every year. For her birthday. For her birthday, <laughs> right. Um, now, obviously, there is another rule that you need to watch out for. It's called the 125% rule. What yep. that actually means is you can't put more in the bond than 125% of the year before. So your first year is generally the year where you can really get as much in as possible. Um, And then after that, you've got to be careful. So again, read the PDS or speak to a financial advisor. So Candice, do you want to summarize a few key points? So a few key points is you've obviously got the 30% tax rate, which is a bit of an advantage there. You can do regular deposits if you want to. Super important is that it's very attractive after 10 years. 125% contribution rule, so watch out for that. Can start as small as $1,000, but just check the actual provider's rules. You know, you can have options of spreading your bonds, spreading your risk, lots of diversification, lots of ranges of different asset classes from cash all the way to high growth and, you know, shares and stuff like that. And you can choose the vetting age. So really neat way. Check it out, guys. That's it. Now, before we get into the Australian season sneak peek preview and answer your questions, we're going to take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrowcom slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. 
acast. All right, so as advisors, February and March represent a very busy time in our calendars as Australian listed businesses will report their financial earnings and outlook for the next six months. Now, they also come to market with their previous quarterly or six monthly update and how the business fared in recent months. So, what are the ASX reporting season market expectations currently, CB? Well, there's three key themes, I think, that have really emerged on the brink of the reporting season. I think the first one is the supply shocks and obviously the COVID knockbacks. So company reporting seasons in Australia are usually dominated by discussions around, you know, how much profit are we making in the first half? What's the dividend going to look like? Whether there's going to be a buyback forthcoming You know, and the coming weeks I think are going to be really different because what we keep hearing through the business reports is that income statements, while important and are really meaningful more than ever, the investor is really going to focus on the actual stress that they're experiencing on the supply chain bottlenecks. So what that means is, you know, labor and costs and how much is that really disrupting, you know, the normal earnings expectations Because obviously, if margins are compressing, that means revenues are going down, profits are going down. Ultimately, will they cut the dividend? That's a big question. So if you look at the ASX um, listed companies, about 19% of sales is attributed or cost for the labor cost typically. And this percentage is actually pretty close to the offshore normals. You know, looking over in the US and the S&P 500, it's about 17% labor cost across all companies. So one to watch. And then we have earnings have slipped recently. So we actually expect this to broaden out and continue. But please keep in mind, I think this is still a very short-term view rather than long-term investing view. It's a little bit, I guess, stockbroking, right? Because we do come from the stockbroking world. Um, So for much of the last six months, the outlook for profits had been strong with upward revisions, outnumbering downward revisions up until the end of December. Now, since then, momentum has kind of faded. And with this profit season capturing the Omicron lockdown months of December and January, that was very fun. Uh, We expect the skew towards downgrades to continue throughout February. Now, we also note that a decelerating earnings growth trajectory was a standard experience from prior periods, which were two years on from an earnings recession, such as 2003, 2011, and 2018. Yeah. And then finally, we kind of alluded to it, are margins. Are they at risk? Well, top-down analysts say no, but there's always obviously two sides to every story or coin. Overall, I think the market's factoring in that there's a bit of a short-term fear that there will be a collapse in corporate profit margins in the short term, right? Because we've just had a shocking uh, sort of six months, eight months really in in Australia here and, and really globally. And we're seeing that in the US as well. Like, you know, it's not as good as it has been. And at the stock level, however, the risks appear to be quite meaningful. Labor costs, you know, burdening across all the companies. And I think vulnerabilities lie within the financials, gaming, leisure, and travel sectors. They're probably the most at risk. So essentially, guys, we're strapped in here into our seats. We're just about to embark on the Australian reporting season. And I think it's going to be an interesting one, definitely. Probably more volatile, no doubt, given the inflationary backdrop that we're facing, the COVID supply chain issues, 
and the nonstop talk of interest rate increases. Just that's all anyone can talk about. I know. I honestly think like it's probably been the last three years now. We've just had such a volatile, crazy market. But with a crazy market has crazy opportunities as well. So I think it's just about you know, like Candace said, strapping in, buying the companies that you do really want to hold long-term and long-term is five, seven, ten years, not one year. But before we sign off, we also had some questions that we actually really wanted to go through. Thank you for asking them. A quick reminder, you can always send us questions via email at tmtm at equitymates.com or through our Instagram. Our handle is at Talk Money to Me Podcast. So first off, you asked, are we still keen on Nitro and TNT? So Felicity, you pitched these ones in a few order pads ago. Yeah. And look, thanks for your question. I definitely am still keen on both of these companies. So small cap software is trading on an NTM EV rev multiple of 5.1 times, which compares to an 8.9 times multiple for the US peer group, meaning a 46% discount to our US peers. So yes, recent software performance has been soft. I guess we can use that word soft. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, <laughs> dismal, upsetting. Um, but it's worth remembering that small cap software has actually outperformed the ASX small odds in the 16 of the last 24 quarters. So you need the exposure. Now, to answer your question, looks, let's look at Nitro. You know, it looks to report on the 24th of Feb. So coming up, the investment thesis is based on a strong second half and the sales team is actually ramping up. And with, we've got, we've got the e-sign upsell as well. Catalyst to look out for a further FY21 upgrades and FY22 growth acceleration. Risks that we're kind of looking at are high expectations and the full price, they paid full price on recent acquisitions. So I guess that's a potential risk if it doesn't play out the way they're expecting it to. However, we've still got a price target of $4. So I don't know about you, but I'm doubling down. Yeah, I think it is It is a really good opportunity. And what about TNT? What's what's your thoughts on that one? All right. So TNT released its second quarter 2022 4C trading update. And look, we see this as another broadly positive update with useful management commentary around expected seasonality in FY22 and continued strong organic growth of 30%. So annual reoccurring revenue exceeded 50 mil for the first half of 2022 Operating cash flow is solid at 4.2 million. Now, Tesserance is interesting company. So we're in cybersecurity. It's actually a game of two halves. So the first quarter of 2022, EBITDA came in at 2.6 mil for a one and a half 22 figure of 4.6 mil, which represents only 22% of our forecast 20.7 mil. But it's due to meaningful seasonality inherent in this business and customer budgets. Um, so that's something also to keep in mind. They're also EBITDA profitable and have operating cash flow positive. So they're really ready for acquisitions. So again, making no change to our earnings forecast ahead of the release, which should be at the end of February. We don't have the exact date yet. Um, And reiterate a buy with a price target of 35 cents. And I think also for our listeners, it's important to note, we designed the order pad to obviously talk about companies and investments that we are really bullish on and like. But if there's any news flow or anything that happens, you know, to the financials, the outlook, you know, the C-suite, whatever causes a red flag, we will make it a sell, right? That's when we've lost conviction and it's going to leave the order pad for that reason. That's it. I mean, we're not, you know, it'd be nice for things to go up tenfold 
the day after you buy it. And look, it does happen sometimes, but it's not going to happen all the time. You know, well, we're that's just to, mainly luck, right? Yeah, yeah, we're trying to buy businesses that we believe are good long-term holds. Um, look, someone else also asked, how are our water pad stocks going? Bit of a bloodbath. <laughs> but – no portfolio is really quote unquote safe. Well, we haven't even been a year yet, right? We released in August. That's not even been a year. That's Give me true. a break. But here's a rundown. All right. So in first place, we have drum roll, please, BHP. It's up twenty-one percent since we pitched it back in October twenty twenty-one. And it was trading around thirty-eight dollars share price and the recent close sort of around forty-seven forty-seven forty cents to be exact. I think the reason it's really rallied has been obviously iron ore um, commodities have had a strong short short term rally recently. Aussie dollar was sold off, then it's had a little bit of a strength, which obviously helps commodities. But more importantly for this particular company, they have obviously decided to sell out their oil asset to Woodside, and they're going to pay about three dollars fifty Aussie dollars for that spinoff demerger over to Woodside. Then you've got about a buck fifty also coming in the forthcoming BHP dividend update in March. A buck a fifty. fifty. Sorry, I'll be. Oh, <laughs> that sounds a bit silly, doesn't it? She's very a Aussie, isn't she? <laughs> My apologies. I'm talking all AUD, and that's because BHP then thirdly decided to delist their UK PLC holding, and so basically all investors are now just exposed to the Aussie market, which. What that means is index funds have to get reweighted. It's going to be a natural push and bump to the ASX version of BHP. And a lot of institutional investors, actually, it was one of the most shorted stocks of late. And that had to um, close up that position because obviously it came off the UK market. So it has had this nice little run up. And that was a very long winded. BHP is coming first for 21%. Sorry. And I think she did that because that was her pick. Um, but we actually do have we do have more, yeah, in, the more in the green. That is Blackstone, my pick, up 4.17% since it was pitched in November 2021. And more recently, On Holding, which was our latest order pad, is up a little 2.52%. So there we yeah, go. Like, here's an example, right? You've been in that, but if you bought a week ago based on order pad, you're up 2.5% in the short term. So the market is super volatile. We'll check in with you guys later, maybe another six months' time. But obviously, we have to talk about the negatives. There's lots of red in the portfolio. The biggest lagger was one of my picks, Australian Potash, APCs, the code on the ASX. That's currently down 45%. If you did invest alongside the cap raise, which is about 11.5 cents back then in November 21. And if you touched anything tech-related recently, like you jumped in you know, before Christmas, you're probably going to be down. Nitro's down 37%. PayPal down 34%, TNT down about 29%, CrowdStrike, CyberTech down 21%. But this is what we want to end it on. Positive note, apart from all those red figures, the silver lining is that we have conviction in these businesses, you know, for a long-term hold, like we mentioned. You know, we, we did our research. We want to add these positions to the order pad because they have impressive growth outlook in our opinion. And for some shares like Blackstone and Australian Potash, which is the more ESG, lithium, you know, future green plays, we're happy as investors for Sydney and I to ride out the volatility because we know that we are in these stocks for more like five, seven years time. Yeah, exactly. Even longer, to be honest. I think buy a good company and hold it 
as long as you can um, because a lot of our clients have held their portfolios for over 20 years. They're the ones that are really cheering, you know. Now, on average across the several stocks in our water pad, the aggregate average upside potential is about 55%. Happy days. Happy days. Now, before we sign off, please remember, although we are financial advisors at Shore and Partners, please note, as always, our discussion today does not constitute as personal financial advice. And always, you should reach out to a professional financial advisor, such as ourselves, before you make any of your investment decisions. So next week, we have our sit-down interview episode with a CEO of a financial institution company, which do offer investment bonds. So that's why we wanted to give you a 101. I'm not going to give the uh, guest speaker's name away, but this individual is a gold Olympic medalist. Their sport of choice is swimming. And I think this particular individual, he is a very well-known household name for a lot of Aussies. And I think you should definitely tune in because we're going to talk not only about investment bonds and, you know, some more benefits about it, but also we're going to ask him, you know, what has he got in his stock portfolio at the moment? And also the ins and outs of being an Olympian. So stay tuned, guys. Again, make sure you follow us on Talk Money To Me podcast for daily market updates and sometimes exciting invites to events. We're also now on Reddit and TikTok. Please follow our LinkedIn. Until next time. See you. Talk Money To Me is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Talk Money to Me are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from the podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equity Mates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the host of Talk Money to Me acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.